systems go. Prepare for countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Blast off to adventure in the amazing year 400 billion. Obscene, dirty, filthy, immoral. What are you people? On dope? Jamble today is Monday, October 31st, 2011, and my name is Matt. We have no Dana tonight, because this ain't an episode, this is a half episode. Joining me, we're going to do a little interview. Joining me is my buddy from GroovyPost.com, uh, one of my fellow pod crafters, Joey Kelly. What's up, bud? Hey, man, how we doing tonight? Oh, we're good, we're good. Just got off work, just got home. Been trying to do this interview, like, all week since last week. Yeah, we've been talking about it off and on now for actually a couple weeks. And then, and then you caught the death cold, mm, and you're just that off. you just got your voice back. So. Yeah, so I apologize if I hack in the middle of, the, of a sentence. I'll try no to problem. That. And we are doing this live, thejamhole.com slash live. You can see my camera. <clears throat> Excuse me, that has the audio, and then we got the chat room that we're in. Uh, me and Joey here, and then uh, Cam too. That should be uh, Joey Kelly. So. There you go. Uh, we've only been doing episodes once a week on Sunday, so I'm glad that we can do these little uh, in-between shows. It's, it's good stuff. So uh, join us right now if you want, thejamhole.com slash live. So I'm going to let you just take it away. This is your show from here on out. Prepare to be dazzled. <laughs> so and maybe a little background real quick. You like We met uh, when we started writing for Byte, right? That was when we first met. Yeah, to, to kind of summarize the, the brief history of Matt and Joey, uh, it's actually very brief and has no ending like Thelma and Louise, for those of you that are hoping. <laughs> Not yet. Anyway, I, I don't own a convertible. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, we both pretty but, much uh, wrote emails to Gina Smith when uh, she was on Twit. Right. Uh, the, the story was we were both listening to Twit, This Week in Tech, at uh, twit.tv. And we both heard Gina Smith, uh, GinaSmith.com, uh, put out the word for writers for a reboot of Byte magazine. Bringing it back. And if you guys listen, if you listen to the Jam Hole, you, you would have heard me talk about that leading up to, you know, everything that happened and us all being over at GroovyPost.com now, happily. And I was excited about being a part of Byte. I mean... It was I a was landmark too. name in history of tech journalism. Yeah, uh, I definitely was too. I, I was like, holy crap, I can't believe I got a reply. You know, like random email fired yeah. off. Like, here's a podcast I started that's pretty much just bullshit. And uh, here's some stuff I write about pot. So yeah. <laughs> enjoy that. And if I can write for you, uh, great. <laughs> And, I mean, I'm an IT technician by trade. Right. Your uh, resume your resume was way better than mine was, I'm sure. Well, I can send it to you if you'd like to see it. It isn't that impressive. <laughs> we'll post it uh, on the show. Sure. <laughs> but uh, I've never really written professionally. I've written, you know, school papers and, and a little bit for, like, the debate team and whatnot. But... Nothing. I didn't actually get on the debate team because I didn't like the piece I wrote. Uh, to <laughs> yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, so that kind of you know, kind of like when they kicked me out of the chorus in high school, I kind of got the hint you can't sing. Right. Uh, so yeah, I blame my parents. Uh, they kept making me go. I told them I can't sing, and they said, "Yes, you can, honey." <laughs> we believe in you. We you believe. Do it. Don't yeah. be ignorant. Well, Don't be ignorant. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Um, so I was genuinely shocked to get a reply back from Gina saying, yes, uh, I would love to have you write for us. Um, I mean, I sent a little email. It was like two or three paragraphs. It wasn't anything huge. And I sent her a link to the three websites that I maintain, my computer business, my photography business, and my personal website, which is Joey Kelly, J-O-E-Y, Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y.com. Yep. And we'll and, put those on the show notes. So if you guys, after the fact, you guys want to check them out, they'll all, all be there nice and organized. And they're nothing impressive. They're, they're not even blogs, really. They're, they're, uh, two of them are done in WordPress. One of them's done in another blog. 
platform, but they're not, you know, huge, epic. Let me put it this way. I'm not writing Life Hacker. Right. Uh, We didn't start Gizmodo. (laughs) And so it felt a little, what are you talking about? You want me to write? You really, really? (laughs) So I, I I was genuinely great wonderful went into it all guns blazing and all kinds of help and uh, and 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 hope and everything else and just oh great what can i do what can i do help uh, you know and uh of course i ran into matt um virtually not literally right on you know, the groups and on skype <clears throat> exactly and we became i dare say uh, at least um cohorts in crime uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, what happened was you started looking at all all of the stuff I did, and you started listening to Jamhole episodes. I was like, I I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, maybe these two lives need to stay somewhat separate. And and then there was that one show Gina came on, and then that was the end of that. So, <laughs> and I happened to have already been listening before that. Um, but uh, I mean, the the Jamhole. For those of you that are dedicated jam hole listeners, it's not a politically correct podcast. As a nope. matter of fact, if if anything, it's the exact opposites of politically correct. It's politically wrong. That's why we uh, get nominated in the mature category. We're a very mature podcast. And I voted for you. Hell yeah. And thank you to everyone else that did as well. I doubt we're going to win, but hey, it was a good try. And at least we'll be up on there for a whole year again. It was an honor just to be nominated, as far as I'm concerned. Yep, that was it. Uh, so anyway, so the the thing was is that I got to see the weird and wacky jam holio side of Matt, and I was like, okay, this guy has my sense of humor, if nothing else. <laughs> and so we started emailing back and forth, and and it wasn't really until bite. Didn't Byte hasn't died. Byte hasn't gone away. No, it is still beta, though, if you go to Byte.com. Still uh, informationweek.com slash Byte and still beta. But now, did you hear hear me do tech podcasts first, or did you hear me do jam hole shit first? I think I heard you do tech first, actually. Okay, so you saw that that other side of he can actually not yeah. say the word fuck for more than five minutes and do <laughs> you know serious work if need be. So sort yeah. of, sort of, kind of. I can't remember what else you were doing at the time. Um, I mean, you've been doing the jam hole forever. Yeah, but almost four what years. What was now. the first tech one you did? Uh, it was we did a a pilot of an Android podcast for Byte. Mm-hmm. And it never ran, though. Nothing ever came of it. And, I but, think that might have been one of the ones I heard. But that's, yeah, that's what we did, because we put it up for everyone, uh, you know, in the team, in the private team, to listen to. And everyone right. loved it. Like, Gina was like, holy <sighs> cow, you know, we got to put this up. But then it took weeks and weeks for them to get the thing set up, to post. It, it was just a mess. So um, now over at GroovyPost.com, we have Attack of the Androids, we have Tech Garage, we have Tech Groove, we have, you know, Special Reports, we have all sorts of tech shows now, and they don't take months to get posted, which is cool. Right. And Tech Groove, which I actually coined the name for that. Yes, um, you did, and did some of the voiceovers. Yeah, did we ever actually use those? Uh, I, we used some of them, I think. Okay. Um... But anyway, uh, and then we did, and I'm a regular on Attack of the Androids. Right. Uh, so we kind of got going in on, Matt uh, and I, we just started working together. And it's thus far, as far as I can tell, um, not to coin a dating phrase, but match made in heaven. <laughs> That's right. No uh, gay shit, but, you know, it's working out well. And it's weird because we do have a lot of the same tastes as far as what we listen to for shows. And you, you brought up the whole uh, Jeff Jarvis private parts or public parts, whatever his book is called. And you, you asked me something about, like, you know, how do you... I, f- I forget what you said. You asked me about something about being so open and public, like, with, with all the shit that's on the jam hole. And... Well, what to, to, begin, to get in the background again, one of the shows that we both have listened to, which is on the Twit Network, Twit.tv, it's called This Week in Google. Ah, Twig. yeah, Twig. Love it. And it's, it's one of the three shows that I think I came on to first. 
Yeah. If I remember right, the first three I got onto were Security Now, This Week in Google, and This Week in Tech, I think were the first three. Yep. And those um, are really, besides uh, Dr. Kiki's Science Hour, those are like the only Twitch shows I listen to. Well, yeah, and I don't know. I haven't really gotten into Dr. Kiki's Science Hour. I don't know. I just I, I like the interviews. The people that she has on are really cool. That's what I, I, well, I really listen to. I have a to. lot of other ones, too, that are off Twit. It's uh, amazing. Yeah. I started with Twit, but I started to kind of deviate a little bit. Big Picture uh, Science and Astronomy Cast and that's, that stuff? No. Um, actually, uh, more like uh, the stuff that um, Frog Pants is doing. Um, ah, Frog yeah, Pants yeah. Studios. Uh, yep. which is Extra Life, um, Scott Johnson on Twitter, yep. uh, Extra Life. And he has his own network, uh, not really competing with Twit. No, it's a different genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of running in, in parallel. And he does a, a morning show called The Morning Stream. And uh, he, it's just him and one other guy, and they get people calling in and whatnot. And he's good friends with Tom Merritt of Twit fame. Right. Uh, so there's some cross-pollination there. Um, they actually do, I think, three or four shows together, Scott Johnston and, and Tom Merritt, between all the different ones. And there's a couple other shows that, that uh, he puts out that I like. And basically, I'm at the point now where I'm listening to, I think, I've got 14 different podcast feeds that I update on a daily basis. Damn. And, yeah, uh, now not all of those are daily or weekly podcast so right like the social engineer podcast that's once a month or something i think i have 36 altogether mine updates yeah Uh, i drive all day though remember that i'm in a fucking uh, truck like eight or nine hours a day so i i kill a lot of time listening to good good quality programming on the internet yep that's my problem is i run out of time because i mostly listen at work right. while i'm doing my 40 hour a week job and i think that's the case for a lot of people they if they don't listen at work they listen on their way to or from work in their commutes yep now my friend kyle shout out to kyle what's up kyle uh, this uh is kyle now. is kyle a jew like in uh, not that i know South Park? okay I try to relate as much of my life to South Park as I possibly can, so I just <laughs> just thought I'd ask. Uh, yeah. Not that Kyle. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, he, he does exactly what you're talking about. He has, I think, an hour and a half commute. Uh, he lives in Houston and commutes in Houston, but Houston has this huge amount of traffic. Um, so he's got like an hour and a half, like I say, each way to and from his house. Um, and he just listens to podcasts all day. Well, yeah. Uh, could you imagine what's the alternative? Listening to the radio? Can you can you fucking imagine how many ads you would hear listening to the radio? Yep. And <coughs> so it's not, and it's it's not interesting after a while, you know. He, yeah. He, he gets old. Um, well, so after yeah, so you, what is it? There's like a sixty or sixty-five minute mark that once you hit, they start replaying all the music again. So if you have any if you listen any longer than that you start hearing the same shit again you're like uh yeah. so it's it's yeah exactly. yeah podcasts so are great for that i think it's it's just an, oh, yeah. a never ending treasure trove of quote content i mean some of it's better than others obviously but it, it's neat anything you think of so I was listening to This Week in Google. You were listening to This Week in Google. We didn't know that we were doing it at the same time. Nope. Uh, did not know each regulars, other. Huh? Sorry? I said, yeah, we did not know each other then. Right. Um, and, of course, we're still both listening to This Week in Google anyway. Uh, but one of the regulars on that show is a gentleman by the name of Jeff Jarvis, uh, who runs a blog called Buzz Machine, which is, I believe, buzzmachine.com. Yeah, and he, he's like a professor of journalism in New York, I think. At NY at uh, uni, uh, which is uh, University of New York, something yeah. like that, um, and he teaches uh, various courses in journalism. The biggest and most popular one is uh, what they call New Age journalism. Right. Basically, how do you be a journalist in this modern age of cell phone cameras and podcasts and internets and blogs? And web pages and all this stuff. Right. Well, and that's that's the big discussion is what's the difference between a journalist and a blogger? Where do you draw the line, you know? And that's what the whole Michael Arrington thinks where he started to, I I don't want to say get into trouble, but he started to kind of run into some problems, some obstacles of, you know, are you writing about the same companies you're investing in? Is that okay for a journalist or a blogger and not a journalist? Like, where does that line? 
Yeah, exactly. That's the thing, is that it's not okay for a journalist. That is for sure. Right. But and, well, check this out. What Do you consider GroovyPost.com a blog, or is it a publication that does, you know, legit news? Because don't, we don't well, invest in anything like that. I, I think that... Are we journalists? Well, that's the thing, is that, I mean, if you want to talk complete and total journalistic integrity, um, I have a token amount of stock in a few tech companies. Ah, sorry, I'm going to let the whistle here, keep me coughing. Now, do um, you write about those companies? I could. I don't, I, I, in other words, I have the potential to. Right, but uh, have you, or did you? Uh, not directly, no. Okay. Uh, most of the topics that I talk about are software. Exactly. And the companies that I'm uh, partner that I have pieces of, um, you know, are hardware companies mainly. Sure. Um, for instance, tell you what, I'll give you the full list. Uh, let's see. I'll, I'll give you my full list. None. You know why? Because yeah. we're broke in Montana. <laughs> well, but that works too. Now, is that broke or broke back? Uh, broke. Broke. Okay. Ha- haven't had to keep warm that bad yet. Oh, okay. Still got the power on. Uh, <laughs> Which is more than I can say for some people. If you're watching the whole Occupy Wall Street thing, man, it snowed on those fools. And Bloomberg took away their generators and their electricity and everything. Okay, th- so here's the full list. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, my total market portfolio amount, valuation, at this point... 50 bucks. Is $1,715.45. $1, not bad, not bad. Now, is this you trying to be more public with your podcast life? Um, I'm just being honest. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm not very good. I'm down 500 bucks. <laughs> okay? Would you care so, to write about those companies? Yes, I would. I would love for all of those companies that I am losing my buttocks on. HP. Uh, Listen here, HP. Listen up. One of them is HP. Uh, so <laughs> on the list. I supported uh, you. I have an HP tablet right here. AMD. Advanced Micro Design Processor Company. Also, I am supporting you because inside that HP tablet is an AMD, and inside what we're recording with also is AMD. Okay. Um, so you're welcome. Uh, nope. Uh, Cisco. Uh, going out order here. Got a link, sis. Yep. Uh, now, let's see here. Now, I bought my first bunch of AMD at... Uh, let's see, $7.59 a share. They're currently trading at five dollars eighty-three. Hold so, on, so you you bought it at what? Uh, Seven dollars and fifty-nine cents a share. And it's where now? Five dollars eighty-three. <laughs> Shit! Uh, Talk about ass out. What's up, HP? Now, now what's? Oh, I'm sorry. That's the average. Oh, of course. I, I bought it three different times because each time I thought it had hit the bottom. Uh, I bought them first at eight dollars and eighty-nine cents. Then again at seven dollars. Then again at five ninety nine. Last huh. week they were trading at four dollars and twenty three cents a share. Damn. They're they're back up to five dollars and eighty three cents a share. So what I'm telling you is is that basically even off of the lowest price that I have paid for these guys, I'm still up. Uh, let's see, seventeen cents a share. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Okay. So like I said, don't follow my stock tips if you want to make money. Right. Hardware's oh, yeah. hard to. Uh... It's tough times out there. Tough economic times we're facing. Now, this one I actually managed to have... I'm actually up a little bit on this one, Cisco. Um, I'm up a total of $22. Not bad. Not bad. That's a start. (laughs) You'll be retiring in, oh, I don't know, 38 more years. Um, More like 50. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, anyway, um, I've got Ford, car maker, not a tech stock, but I got it. Um, that's down like three dollars. Uh, sorry, uh, it's off twenty two percent from when I bought it. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, Hewlett Packard thought I was getting the bargain of the century. Bought them when they got underneath forty dollars a share. Thirty nine dollars ninety two cents. I bought right now twenty six sixty one. Man, should have bought now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so I'm off 34%, 34. 34.7%. So, like I said, this is my full disclosure. I'm not making any blasted money on any tech stocks at all. (laughs) Right. 
of any consequence. It's almost in your best interest to empty all those accounts, close them, be done, and then just call yourself a straight-up journalist. Well, I'll tell you what. If this journalism thing does get a little more serious, what I'm going to do is wait for all of these to get to the point where I break even. (laughs) And call it an experiment. (laughs) And then we Fucking Uh, A, dude. I'm not even kidding. I will do that, but I, I just refuse... To lose. Hey, don't hold your breath. <laughs> it may take a while. Now, all I'm asking is to make back the 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 what I've spent on them and Do the you, commission fee. You need <laughs> HP to sell a few more of them touch pads at a hundred bucks oh, a pop. Man. <laughs> oh, oh man, that that hit and it dropped like five bucks a share that day, and I was just gritting my teeth. So that anyway, sucks. so yes, yeah, so there's my my publicness, um, but. So getting back to what we were talking about there, this week in Google, Jeff Jarvis, professional journalism, he is an advocate, along with Leo Laporte, who runs and owns the Twit Network, of what is variously described as being open, uh, having a public life, being a public figure, or as Jeff Jarvis puts it in his new book, Public Parts, having a large, I guess, publicness. Your publicness, your clout, if you will. And because of some of the things that uh, Matt has shared on the Jamal, and I'm not an expert. I've only caught uh, probably a dozen, maybe two dozen episodes. Um, You know, there's a lot of interesting things in there. I mean, for instance, you and Danny, you get into spats on the air. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Every Sunday. Uh, Shit. And by sometimes, he means every time there's a taping – Usually multiple times. Yeah, if you really want to listen to the good shows, go back to when it was me and Braden hosting. <laughs> those were mm-hmm. those were much less of that. But it's neat because I can go back and like listen to like the last three years of my life pretty much because we used to be on a strict schedule of Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Like if you look in the archives, we rarely ever missed shows, and then yeah. you know all hell breaks loose, and next thing you know, we're doing them once a week on Sunday. <laughs> Competing with Twit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> pretty, yeah, right. No shit. That's why no one listens. I see. We'll have to change uh, that to but, Saturday. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so it it struck me as being very interesting. Uh, I think I can't remember how I phrased the email exactly, but the email that I sent to Matt was basically you pretty much live in what Jeff Jarvis would term uh, publicness. You don't hide much. You're out there. You put yourself out there. And what are the detriments and what are the advantages to doing that? And this was prompted by, I got the audiobook version of Jeff Jarvis's recent book called Public Parts. And it's a discussion of basically living in public. Um, what he's done, his personal journey, um, a few other things. He got his start in this quote-unquote new world of journalism, meaning blogging, um, just after September the 11th, 2001. Right, I remember uh, that. Which, of course, most of us remember almost exactly where we were. Why? Well, uh, I, I mean, I, I remember his story about how he got started in journalism, with, or how he got started with the whole online thing like that. Yeah, he became a blogger, right. uh, basically blogging about his uh, reaction and impressions of the September 11th tax. And what it yeah. was basically at its core was it was just a, a, a means of communicating feelings, not necessarily to any one individual, but just putting them out there and saying, here, do you feel like this? Do you want Do you want to share this or read this? Like just throwing it out there, you know, pretty much just putting it all out there. And it was a way for him to express, and I dare say a way for him to grieve. Sure, um, sure. To kind of express the anger and whatnot that we all felt. But he was very uh, closer to the action. He was underneath the, or or very, very, very close to both of the towers when they collapsed. Right. Um, I had a much more removed view of it. I was in high school. I was in my senior year of high school when this happened. Um, and it moved me in a way that I didn't fully understand until years later. 
reflecting on it more than anything. Um, how, just out of curiosity, how did that affect you, Matt? I mean, you were in Montana at the time? Yeah, and honestly, I mean, not very much. It was just like watching a movie on TV because we we're so far removed from it being on, you know, not the West Coast, but up in the northwest corner of Montana. So it it was more of like, wow, did that really just happen? And then jumping online, it, you know, and being like, what's going on? What's going on? You know, work's canceled, all that. And yeah, it, and it, it was it, it was more of a surreal, like watching it because we're watching it on our computers and stuff and not necessarily on TV. I haven't had TV since I moved out when I was like 17 or 16. But uh, yeah, you watch that stuff and you're just like, wow, did that... And it it could have just as easily been, you know, a fake tape being shown online and no one here would have known the difference. But people that were there, like it was a whole nother experience. And I think them being able to use the Internet and convey those feelings, it allowed the globe as a whole to really grieve with them, I guess, or put out, you know, your thoughts on it. And it, it gave us a whole new perspective, I think, is what it did. And of course, being on the East Coast, uh, I'm in Maine. Uh, right. Those that don't know, um, it, it was a little bit closer to reality. Um, you know, a lot of my, my homeroom teacher at the time had a son who was working one block away from the World Trade Center, so it was very real to her. Um, my uh, my girlfriend, who uh, is, is uh, much younger than me, is actually has a lot of family in New York. So uh, she was very afraid for her family members, and of course, the, uh, she had actually, I believe, had been to. Is that right, honey? You had, oh, never mind. She goes like, uh, I'm, "I'm boring." Apparently, uh, <laughs> she had actually been to the World Trade Center, and it meant a lot more to her um, because of the family connection. Right. And see, we have a lot of, like, cousins and stuff like that in New York, but it's not any – they're not people we really talk too much. Like, if I went there, you know, it would be a place to stay and we'd have dinner yeah. and all that because they're family, but we don't talk on a daily or monthly or yearly basis, you know. It's, it's, so, it's so far removed, but – Yeah, and pretty much all of my family is in the state of Maine. Um, there are some cousins, second cousins – uh, et cetera, that are outside the state. But but pretty much all of my close family is here in Maine. And so it didn't mean a lot to me, but reflecting on it, it, it really did have a profound effect on me in certain ways and whatnot. And because of that, I felt it seemed that there was a chance uh, for an individual to have a, to have a voice. Right. Uh, and I think that Jeff Jarvis felt that as well. Uh, particularly after he started to blog and after he started to find that people were interested in what he had to say. Right, uh, and I think it, it makes a huge difference, too, and you can tell the difference in even podcasts. And, I mean, it's harder with writing. It's a lot easier to tell the difference with, you know, hearing actual podcasts, hearing the voices and hearing the emotions that go into it. Um, the more real the people are, the more people tend to want to listen to those shows. Like, if you put out this big fake, like, oh, I was totally just fucking with you all, you know, that's great at first, but how many times can you really do that? I found if you just, if the more real you are, like, people relate to that. They're like, wow, no shit, that, I was thinking that too. <laughs> and actually... And, yeah, having these <laughs> tools allows you to be able to do that. Like, back in the day, you had to have a whole radio station to do this stuff, but now... You know, I, I have like three laptops and a desktop recording, and now we can do live audio video shows, just yeah, like a TV I mean, station. I'm sitting here with one computer that's actually doing the audio and the video, um, a mixer, which technically I wouldn't have to have, a mic stand, and a mic. I have, well, granted I'm borrowing this laptop, but I have probably no more than $600, $800 worth of equipment sitting here. Yeah, and that's the only difference is how much money you, you put into your setup. Like, we got, you know, condenser mics and a mixer to power them, and it sounds this much better. And, you know, I mean, you get to a point where you're not really going to sound any much better than where you're at because of the compression. We go, you know, 64K mono just because it's voices talking. But 
it sounds really good. And I mean, some shows they they kind of slip with their their sound quality here and there, but you know, if if you have good equipment, you can pretty much be pretty right on every time. Yep. So uh, anyway, getting back to publicness, um, we were discussing Matt and I um, how he uh, how being public had affected him, and well. <laughs> Frankly, I mean, some of the stuff that comes out of the jam hole, it's kind of like, oh, sheets. Uh, That's illegal, allegedly. Huh. Well, I mean, not only is that illegal, allegedly, um, or it would be if you were doing it, allegedly. Right, if I wasn't doing it throughout this whole talk we're having here. Mm. What he's talking about, if you're not watching the video, if you're just listening, we smoke pot, allegedly, during the shows, and yeah, they are on video and stuff, and I just... At first, I was kind of sketched about it. I was like, you know what? Salvia is legal here, so let's just say we're smoking salvia. And then that got some people being like, holy shit, you're podcasting on salvia? It's like, well, no, we're smoking pot, but we say we're smoking salvia because that's, you know, allegedly. But I think when you think about it, like, the we're not being like, I just went out and murdered my neighbor, and here's where we put the body, you know, that... There, there's a line you have to draw to your publicness, but I can't see the police coming to our undisclosed lair here. Like the only people that know where exactly we live are the people that come here for the parties because we let them stay here. You know, it's like a big jam hole experience, I guess. But I, I can't see a cop coming out of his way to be like, "Hey, I, sm- I saw you smoking pot on Justin TV." <laughs> like, really? You have nothing else to be doing? I mean, I do other shows, too. We do a, a pot talk show all about, like, medical marijuana and legislation, stuff like that, on the Hotbox. It's hotboxpodcast.com. And, you know, my co-host doesn't smoke, but I, I smoke pretty much regularly on the show. And I don't know. I haven't had any problems yet, allegedly. <laughs> like, But then again, like, I live in Montana, so things are different up here than if I were to, say, be in a, you know, bigger city or something. And that's, that's one of the other things. I mean, up here in Maine, there are towns that are your what you think of the quote-unquote small town where everybody knows everybody's business right. and everyone, half the people are related to the other half. And it, it, those places do exist up here. And there's a lot of cities that are not cities by, say, like New York City standards. Right, uh, but bigger like but, college towns and stuff. Right. For instance, um, I, I'm I'm located in Brewer, Maine, which is right across the river from Bangor, Maine. Bangor being the second largest city in the state. Right. And it still has in spots the small town feel, the small town flavor. Um, I've been going to the same barber shop. Which, speaking of which, if those of you watching the live video feed, I need the trim. Uh, but uh, I I've been going to the same barber shop for like 16 years. Or something like that. They know me when I walk in. Um, that still happens up here. And so because of that, I think we kind of have this, I, I, I don't know, how, how would you phrase it, Matt? Like instinctive? Yeah, it's, I don't know, like here we have churches and casinos. Like that's that's the two, there's a lot of churches and there's a lot of casinos. And all the casinos are in gas stations and they're they're like, you know, slot or not slots but uh, like kino and poker that video stuff and so we have kind of a broad range of people from the hardcore bible thumpers that we make fun of on the show that are protesting you know their uh, anti-abortion stance to i don't know crackhead addict you know teenagers you know breaking windows and breaking into vehicles and stuff but it, most of the people here are pretty chill and, I mean, we've had medical marijuana here for a while, so a lot of people are pretty chill about it. There, There is a big group that's not, but we just avoid them, you know? Don't don't mess with my shit, and I won't mess with yours, and that's pretty much how, how it goes. Now, have you had, and I'm asking, uh, someone show up, someone call, uh, someone send threatening emails? Well, uh, what we get a lot of is... Um, like at the beginning, the earlier episodes, it was all about my dating life. And so we would get a lot of, um, not that's my daughter, but like that was, 
that's my girlfriend and I'm not done with her. But even though she's like totally done with him, you know, the stalker kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. So we've we've dealt with that a lot. But see, the only number we have for the show is the Skype line and that's tied to nothing. So anytime we use a phone, it's never our personal phones. And like even the number I put out, my cell number, it's not my cell number. It's a forwarded number that I get text messages through. It's a Google voice, you know? So we don't, we don't have people knocking on our doors. We have a PO box that's public. The domain registration is not there's yeah. So it's, and when we do live shows, it's all of our friends and we have a lot of friends and we have friends that come from out of state every year that we've met because of the show that we party with. So it's, it, everyone kind of knows each other in the group, I guess. And then there's, so you know, created that, as a community. What's that? What you've created as a community. Yeah, basically. I mean, we've had yeah. one guy that's come up. We do a live show once a year and it's, it's a random episode. It's just on a random date. Every year we've been doing it for the last three and We've had one guy fly from Florida that me and my buddy just met on a cruise for another podcast, another comedy show, and uh, met this guy, and he started listening to the show and came up one year, and you know he's been coming back ever since. So we're kind of Montana tour guides, I guess. We do like we go and take them places and do trips and stuff, you know, for the week. I take the week yeah. off work, and then uh, at the end of the week is the live show, and then everyone gets the fuck out of here. But like most podcasts aren't going to be like, Hey, come stay at our place. You know, like we have a spare room here and a couch that we let them just sleep on. And so they don't have to get a hotel room. You know, we kind of help them save money and shit, but like most podcasts I've listened to, they're very more private about that. Like you don't go to the studio, you don't go to their house. You, you know, you meet them at these set time schedules at these events and then that's it. But, like, we, we pretty much hang out with these people, like, 24-7 for a whole week. Like, it's a whole experience. And I don't know. And I, that I think that adds you? to I mean, it. particularly initially when you're going into it, you know, you, but, you know not, not, not someone that you've met before, but say someone that you're meeting for the first time, and you're going to spend multiple days with this person. Does that freak you out? Well, the people that are going to spend the money to fly out here, there's usually some sort of communication beforehand. Like, we've never... And I mean, we, we're still new in this great scheme of how long podcasting has been around. We've only been doing it for a few years, but we've never had someone just randomly be like, hey, I hear you got a place to stay. Like we always talk to them online and stuff and like they become, you know, your online friends. And then when they get here, you're like, oh, cool. You know, it's cool to meet you in person and that shit. And then we party and, you know, that that's that. So that hasn't happened yet, but it, it must be a generational thing. I think so. Yeah. I think to you know, my generation, a lot of us have absolutely nothing to lose, so we just like don't care, you know. Yeah. Like, are you okay? I've never met you. Well, here's the couch. Have have a good night. You know, it's not. I don't know. Like we pitch, right, well, we pick up hitchhikers. We don't worry about them slitting our throats. You know, we didn't deal with that growing up. Well, when we uh, when I say generational thing, I don't mean necessarily any specific generation or, or whatnot, but it seems like those of us that are in the say, sub-40 age group, have a very different view of how open our lives are than those of us that are, than those that are above that age. Right, and even kids younger than me, like, they're even more open because they grew up with this stuff. Like, I didn't have a computer until I was, uh, I don't even know, it was an IBM Aptiva 535, whenever those came out. So, like, we didn't grow... Yeah, <laughs> dated. Okay, we didn't grow Black. up with uh, them per se, but you know we got them later on in life. But the kids that grew up with them, I think they're even way more about it than we are. Oh yeah, I mean I'm holding those of you watching the video, you can see it. I'm holding a Nook tablet here. <laughs> this is a Barnes and Noble Nook. Uh, it has been rooted. Like uh, Joey, no could you could you imagine if we had? smartphones and nooks like when yeah. we were in school we had exactly. an apple 2e <laughs> like come oh, yeah. on dude yeah. and actually by the time i'm not that much younger than you i'm 28 um but by the time because of budgetary restraints we grew up with the apple 2e's exactly well. but you guys had like a bunch of them see my class only had one and it was like oh, <laughs> oh yeah well well no there was a little bit of that, oh uh, type uh, type thing because in kindergarten we only had it once every three days. Ah, so they had one on a cart that they rolled between. Yeah, the I remember that. Yeah, 
Hey, budget cuts, man. We ain't even paying the teachers enough. Shit. Exactly. So, you know, so that's it's just kind of a generational thing where, where every generation has grown up with a different experience. Uh, but, for instance, I was one of the first people that I know of uh, to carry a laptop around from class to class for the specific purpose of using it for schoolwork. It wasn't because I wanted to sit there and play games and slack off, um, as some other people were doing with their laptops. They were usually using them on study halls and whatnot. Sure. I had a handheld, but yeah. (laughs) I was actually taking notes and doing my classwork. Um, And that was a huge generational shift. I actually asked the teachers if it would be okay. And they're... They almost all, except for one, said, yeah, that's fine. Just don't do any, you know, games on it or anything. Yeah, that is weird. Now it's almost like an assumed thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's weird. I never... giving out uh, laptops to every child yeah. in uh, two grades in this state. Well, and think about it. How cool would it be if all, instead of carrying around ten books, you carried around a fucking, you know a Kindle or something, and your textbooks were constantly being updated with new info. Like, that would be amazing. Yes, it would. Not these outdated bullshit that we got now, you know? Exactly. All of this uh, podcasting, this blogging, this social media, it's basically, Mm -hmm. it's turned everyone into a brand, right? Essentially. And if you have a podcast or things like that, you have more of a benefit to using them as you would a risk to using them and having, you know, someone stalk you. Now, granted, if you're female, I think you're going to have that problem more, unless you're Danny of the jam hole, then maybe not so much. Uh, But, you know, there are risks involved out there, I guess. Here, like you said, we don't, because of where we live and stuff and how we conduct our business, we don't necessarily deal with any of that, but... Right. I mean, the thing is that I'm more worried that someone is going to send me a nasty email uh, about, hey, I didn't like something you said. Oh, see, that uh, that's totally different. That dealing with the internet is, I think, completely different than living in the public. Like, that stuff, you kind of... <laughs> You get over that really quick. And if you don't, then maybe this isn't the profession that you should be in. You gotta have a thick skin. You definitely do. And because the internet, and not the internet as a whole, <clears throat> but what I've come to find out, the, the internet, the anonymous side of the internet, they are yeah. as cool as they can be. They are a bunch of fucking assholes. And they will say they or do anything to get you to try to kill yourself. That That is the one thing I have learned. Yeah. Um, but if you can just, you know take the good and take the bad and take them both. And there you have, but uh, like Dana put up a documentary about her surgery. She had a, an ovary removed and we have the before <laughs> we have me driving her there. And then we have uh, the actual surgery footage that her doctor gave us. And he narrated like a little tour of the inside of her, which was gross and <laughs> interesting at the same time. And then we have the after the healing part. And, like, that, that's pretty public, you know, to film yourself in the hospital, like, in a gown on the hospital bed waiting to go get ripped open laparoscopically. I mean, I guess it's not ripped open, but, you know, like, that, that's a lot. That's, I don't know. Jill. Yeah, and I haven't had to do that. Right. Uh, I don't have an ovary. Right, me neither, luckily. I haven't had to have one removed. Uh, unlike uh, Jeff Jarvis, I do not have, uh, what was it, testicular cancer, I think it is. It was some sort of cancer, I uh, thought. I'm, it was definitely related to the genitalia. I'm pretty sure it was, it was the testicular. And see, I had, I had kind of not really that, but uh, an issue of sorts, and... Like, it never was going to come out on the show. And then one day I said something to Dana. We had a guest over on the show. And she just, like, came out with it. And I was pretty self-conscious about it at the time. But then it kind of turned into, like, this rolling thing with the the show. And 
then it, it, I, I don't even want to get into it here because it's pretty gross, but you can go back and listen to them. It's the shows leading up to the 250 show, which that was the first live audience show we ever did. But it, it was at first, I was just like, fuck, <laughs> you know, but then you kind of, I don't know, you, you ease into it. And then once you've gone through that once, it's much, much easier the second time. Just be like, oh, pff, whatever. Here's my balls. Check them out. You know, it, it's like it doesn't matter anymore. Once you cross that threshold, just know that there is no going back. That would be my concern, you know. Uh, well, it's like on the internet, you can see certain things that you cannot unsee. And some people choose to go down that path and some people don't. And then there's those people in the anonymous side of the internet that like to trick people into going down that path. You know, it's, you you get desensitized really quickly. And I think it, it's added to the amount of jadedness I have with the world. I I definitely do. But there are definitely some sick people out there. Yeah, yeah. But you meet a lot of cool people, too. Oh, yeah. It's like the difference between using Facebook and Google+, Plus, you know? Which, actually, I mean, so what you're telling me is that in your view, there is almost no downside to living in the public. And now, well, we talked a lot about you know, stalkers and getting weird emails and people finding out where you live and identity. Well, we touched on identity theft, but what's been the advantage for you? It's really, as far as the older shows compared to the newer shows, the one with, you know, just me and my girlfriend hosting, it's, it forces us to talk at least however often we do a show because it's just me and her. So there has to be some sort of a back and forth. I think it keeps, the, it keeps the relationship going for real. And, uh, literally, yeah, literally like, I don't want to have to look for another co-host and knowing that I know where my boundaries are and I, you know, I walk right up to those lines, but, and she's a good sport too. She has, Definitely, there's not a lot of women that could, you know, take what I dish out on that show. And it's not like when the cameras stop, you know, everything's like all love and honey, you know. Like, if if I take it too far on this show, I do have to suffer the consequences when the cameras are turned off and we go back to our normally scheduled lives, you know. Like, I have to deal with the repercussions of my actions on the show, and I know that now. <laughs> like the cranberry juice. <laughs> right, exactly. Things like that. Um, yeah. But I think the benefit, too, of just, you know, having something out there, like, I don't know when we'll ever stop doing it. We, we kind of <laughs> talked about this on the show, that, like, podcasts reach these great numbers because there's no one there canceling them, you know? <laughs> Like, yeah. yeah, duh, you're at episode 500, Jamhole. Good fucking job. Who do you, like, you have no one to answer to, you know? So as long right. as we have electricity and internet, we can do this stuff. But it is kind of cool looking back and being able to see, like, oh, there's three years of my life that when I'm on my deathbed and not remembering shit from all the cancer medicine, I can listen to those as I die. And, you know, it, it makes me smile. I mean, like, we made people That's laugh. so pleasant. Isn't it? <laughs> it's uh, a... Yeah. I do this show for myself more than anything, so everyone that listens can go fuck themselves. Ah, well, that's nice enough. <laughs> no. But yeah, it is it is nice. I find that <clears throat> my my friends that I have that do shows are a lot more fun to be around than the friends that I have that don't, just because like it, it does. It takes a certain kind of person to be able to just say whatever online and, you know, put yourself out there with, with everything. Oh, that's the thing. I mean I I fought two or three times in, in, in high school and whatnot about uh, going into radio. Um, I thought about it. I toyed with it. And not unlike uh, Leo Laporte, who runs Twit Network, I actually at one point wanted to be an actor. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I was active in the drama club. And... I was able to walk in two worlds at once because when middle school, uh, they allowed me to work both the light board and act at the same time. So 
what we did was we set up the light board and I would have an understudy who would run the one or two different transitions. Right. Uh, while I was on stage, I would, I, I wouldn't take a major part. I would take uh, a bit part that would go on and off screen. Uh, but, uh, or on off stage, I should say, but I would, I would have a part and that was kind of cool. Cause I was able to walk in, in both worlds and, I liked the acting. I liked the tech end of it. When I went into high school, they made me pick one. I could either act or I could do tech. That was it. And I found that the tech side of things was easier. Um, the irony is that that's kind of how my life has gone in that I chose a, a, a career in technology rather than going after one of these arts. Now, the irony of that whole situation in high school I didn't take a lot of fine arts classes. I took a technical drawing class, which was my fine arts career. And since then, I've actually come to find that I really enjoy photography as a form of creative expression and release. Anything else you wanted to hit? Um, no. Did we get all your questions that you had? Pretty much everything. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's probably good then. Do we want to put an, an intro on or an, an outro on it? Sure. Well, I appreciate the uh, the time, Joey. It's been a slice. We'll uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. Oh, definitely, Matt. I uh, really enjoy talking to you, and, and we'll hopefully be able to come up with another topic that we can uh, discuss sometime in the future. Yeah, we could definitely do that. We'll put them as little half episodes, or we'll just start a whole other show. Why the hell not? <laughs> Why not? All right, what's your uh, your picture p- stuff and uh, your site? Uh, the easiest way to find me is to go to joeykelly.com, J-O-E-Y, Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y.com, and there's links there to my photography site and several of my other interests, um, including my, uh, my computer repair website. Um, that's the easiest way to find me. Cool, so you can cool. also catch me on Twitter. I'm at... S-A-N-D-P-V-R-R. That's S-A-N-D-P-V-R-R. Samuel Alpha, Nathan, David, Peter, Victor, Robert, Robert. <laughs> Word to that. And you can catch us over doing podcasts for tech shows over at groovypost.com slash groovycast. Hell yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, we do these jam hole shows every Sunday. And uh, we try to do one during the week if we can, but don't expect it. So, And then uh, we do Hotbox show all about weed on Fridays. So check that shit out. Hotboxpodcast.com. Uh, thank you, Joey. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you guys later. Peace out. You are listening to the Jam Hole. The Jam, the Jam, the Jam Hole.com.